Forrest and I have been friends for almost 12 years. We were talking about art projects before I even started Digital Ambience, and before he had his role at DeviantArt down in LA. He's a prolific illustrator and a street artist whose skills with the paintbrush, spray can, and tablet are unparalleled among the many artists I know. We've had the opportunity to work together a number of times, but most closely on the fleet of Galactic Jungle art cars we built for Burning Man back in 2015. More than just a good friend, Forrest is a truly remarkable person. After his first big break designing for DeviantArt, he became involved in community building and met the founders of a Bay Area space tech startup called Planet Labs. He became their first artist in residence and directed the integration of murals and illustrations onto the sides of their satellites they would launch into orbit. As far as we know, it's the first example of art in space. These days he's working with Google in their quantum computing lab, creating murals and art to go on the sides of their computational units. When I stop and think about the trajectory of his career and his life with his beautiful wife and daughter, it's one of the most amazing paths I've ever seen an artist take to achieve success. Stoked to share this conversation with you all. Forrest is an amazing person and his success deserves to be recognized. Giant artwork, there's the quantum computer. There's a picture of a quantum computer behind the quantum computer. So wait, 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 they just gave you a quantum computer to take home or is that like just the shell? You know. Can't quite say. You might want to hide that shit, man. China's going to be all up in here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's the picture. Here's the, what the quantum computer looks like underneath the shell. What? You know, man, I saw, I was watching this, uh, this YouTube video about quantum computing, like modern quantum computing, and they were describing, basically they were showing the guts of, uh, it, it wasn't Google, it was like some other company that, that was doing quantum computers, but it looks like that. It's like some weird steampunk fucking copper and brass octopus. Yeah. <laughs> or like, or like, it looks like a jellyfish, kind of. It's really, it is a steam. I call it the steampunk jellyfish. It you know, is a exactly for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. That's so I mean, wild. So this is the downstairs, the basement of my house. Uh, luckily, my house was is raised, you know. So this was the old car car storage carriage house, and yeah, yeah. so I've got a ton of space down here. Um, so you're not in the same house that you were in, right? You're in a different house now. Uh, I mean, we moved three years ago. To, <laughs> it's been a while since we've hung out, obviously. <laughs> yeah, we moved. We moved three years ago from the house that was upstairs that you had been to. Yeah. And, but we're only about four blocks from there. We're at uh, 62nd in Adeline now, or I mean, 62nd in Dover. Oh, cool. We're, we're at 63rd cool. in Adeline. So like right up the when street. When quarantine is over, we'll have to, we'll have to hang out. You'll have to show me the new, the new place. Yeah, please. I mean, this is the, the giant painting studio in here. I got a digital studio in the back. Fabio, my, my roommate who's from Italy, has got a leather studio over here. And we got the whole His name is Fabio. Yeah. That is such a good Italian name. <laughs> Fabio, Ferraldi, Fabio Ferraldi Ferrari. Yeah. What? That's his family name. Wow. He's quintessential Italian. Yes. He, <laughs> he cooks quintessentially and he, it's all good. That's cool, man. How's Tori doing? She's doing great. She's figuring out how to teach online and doing a good job with homeschool. And it's just, yeah, man. The name of the game is figuring out ways to to do it remote. Yeah, and luckily she teaches the same grade, so most of it is smooth. 
you know, the fact that we have a five-year-old kid now is uh, our kid has a mind of her own. You know, it's a trip. Oh, my God, dude. It's so bonkers. Five years old. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, that makes me feel old. <laughs> like, I remember back when you didn't have a kid. <laughs> yeah, when you used to just ride a bike for fun. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, I want to. I want to see. I want to see her. Say hi. Fun, dude. She's a she's a really fun little ball of fire. You know, you want to raise. Yeah. A, you want to raise an independent kid, and all of a sudden your kid is independent. And you're like, fuck. What's going right. to happen? Wow. All right. Pretty soon she's like, fuck you, dad. I'm doing yeah. what I want. <laughs> I'm gonna be a lawyer. <laughs> be a Republican and move to Texas. <laughs> no. You know, sometimes, man, that's how it goes, right? <laughs> Like, I support you, sweetie, whatever you want to do. <laughs> like, I don't know if I support that, but um, good luck. Good yeah. luck. No, I, I somehow doubt that that, is, that would be the direction. You guys still you guys still do a lot of art together, right? Yeah, we do a ton of art. Yeah, River, just, river? River, yeah. yeah. I, would move, I was varnishing these giant pieces all day. I've got 40 feet of murals in here waiting to deliver to Google. Um, and I moved them all around or else I have a big, like three by seven foot painting that her and I did right over here, but it's behind everything. Um, her and I do a lot of paintings together. It's fun. That's cool. You know, that's going to shape her, like shape her as a, as a person. I hope so. You know, I mean, I hope it just shows her that you can practice things and finish things and that that finishing hard things is fun. You know, you you can do hard things. Well, the, the stuff that I did with my parents when I was really young, you know, it's like, you know, everybody's like, oh, I'm, I'm nothing like my parents. It's like, you're exactly like your parents. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you get to be like in your 30s, you're like, oh, shit, I am my parents. <laughs> yeah. yeah. and Which is a good thing if you have cool parents. I don't need my kid to be an artist, but I do hope that she loves to learn and she loves to be inquisitive and she loves to uh, understand, like want to chase the mystery of things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's like a fundamental uh, personality characteristic that, you know, it's like you can only nurture like fundamental, you can't like tell a kid what to do, but you can kind of guide them in like the, the parts of their personality that, you know, that helps to shape what they'll do. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I don't have a kid, but from what I understand, (laughs) you can help them create good morals. You can help them on their path. You create an envelope for them to exist in, you know, and, but the rest of it's kind of, kind of just help them steer their own lives. And if they fuck it up, then you hope they don't need to go to the hospital in COVID culture. Right. Right. Just don't, don't crash too hard. Yeah. It's fucking crazy times, man. It really is. Everybody's like, everybody's pivoting. You know, uh, we've been doing a lot of work with, um, do you know, one hat, one hand in the city, they, they're yeah. fabricators. Yeah. yeah we, we, we've gotten real close with them. Um, just because, you know, like we do lighting, they do fabrication, they make weird things. We light weird things and it, yeah. it, it goes hand in hand. But, um, Marcus, the, the owner, he's been a, you know, he's, 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 he's like 10 years ahead of me. And so a lot of my business questions, I can go to him and it's, it's just crazy. Everybody's like, what the fuck is going on? What do we do? Like, no one knows what the fuck to do. And everybody's trying to pivot to like figure out something useful to do that will allow them to keep their small businesses afloat, you know? Yeah. Got to be creative. Got to be creative. Yeah. Got to have a lot of irons in the fire, I think. 
Yeah, well, you've always been, you've always had that, man. You're like, it's insane. When I tell people about like you as a person, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I know this guy. He's like a mural artist, and then he's like painting on the side of rocket ships. Like, well, how'd you pull that one off? That's a, that's a, that's a nifty pivot. That's a nifty trick. Because <laughs> uh, before, before this current gig, you were with uh, Planet Labs, right? Yeah. And you were doing, uh, you were doing artwork murals on the side of their, their satellites. Yeah, I was laser etching every spaceship. Yeah. So That's I was part so of cool. creating the artwork. I created the first pieces myself and then wrote handwritten quotes of every all the other people's artwork on there because they said they wouldn't paint with me. And then started They would not paint with you? They, well, they wouldn't draw with me. Like, you know, they were like the engineers would say, We build the spaceships, you you put the art on. Oh, them. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust you to put the art on them. You're doing amazing work. We're we're building these things. Let's work in unison. We're not going to draw. We're not as good as you. And so, well, you're all very well read. And you're all worldly. You're all inspired. Give me your favorite quotes. Give me your, give me the things that inspire you, and I'll hand write them for you. And so that got everyone involved. And we did dozens. And a couple, probably, I don't know, maybe 200, the sides of 100 or 200 spaceships with handwritten quotes. And were they all unique or were they, were they, did you do duplicates or? Every once in a while we do duplicates. If we had to produce a bunch of spaceships real fast, I would repurpose artwork or if, or if a, a flock exploded in a rocket ship launch. <laughs> did that happen? Did you yeah. lose some art? Twice. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, it, it happened. Two different art shows to rocket explosions. Yeah, this is like the wild west of uh, of space exploration, man. It's like you send some wagon trains out, and some of them get fucking taken out. <laughs> totally, some get dysentery. Yeah, some lose a limb. Yeah, you never know. You never know what's gonna happen. Uh, but it was good. And then I then I finally was like, all right. I, I know you all well enough. We grew from 25 to 500 people when I was there. And wow. So I was like, I know you well enough. Let's invite your grandmas and your community and all of the family. Let's all get together and do art together. Let's invite your kids. And so a lot of the art on the the rockets and – or not the rockets, but the spaceships that we launched later was all artwork by other people as well as me and, and my family. That's my awesome. Community. So – I really wanted well, to give it a real community feel. Yeah, I didn't want it to be about, uh, just about an artist on a pedestal. I wanted it to be like the reason why I was there was to bring the creativity out in people, not to just celebrate myself. Yeah, yeah. Well, how did you start with them? You were you were a resident artist, or you how, how did that work? Because I know you launched a resident artist program there with yeah. them later uh, on. Uh, how did I meet them? Well. Uh, kind of through the DeviantArt bubble. Um, I did an art show with DeviantArt up in San Francisco at a random house called The Glint. You may know Damien Madry. Yeah, yeah, I do know him, man. I did an art show with him many years ago. And at that art show, Mike, this guy, Mike Zuckerman, who you may know as well, this guy does... I also know Mike. Yeah, he does great stuff all over the world. I met so him he- there. Yeah, he he's he worked very closely with Alex Alden, uh, my former partner, who was working with the United Nations. Oh yeah, right. Do you remember her? Yeah, yeah. And, and so there they work together sometimes with his refugee work. Okay, yeah, that makes total sense. Like, yeah. Anyway, though, he's a good dude. 
he looks out for yeah. his friends. And so I met him there at this party where I was having an art show talking about why we build community as artists, why we should rely on each other and ask each other for help. And he glommed onto me there and he's like, Hey dude, let's talk more. And then he randomly invited me out to a startup in the in the Santa Cruz mountains, a venture capitalist startup uh, camp out with innovation endeavors, a, a venture capitalist firm that Eric. I remember that. Yeah. What, what was that called? That, that was called uh... innovation endeavors. Wasn't there another one? There was like a the, the outdoor campout that you were you were all about it for a little while. Oh yeah, Camp Grounded. Camp Grounded. Camp Grounded. That happened the same week that I got introduced to the startup community. Um, I was introduced to Levi Felix, who started Camp Grounded. He found me through my uh, yard sale signs. I hand drew a bunch of yard sale signs and <laughs> Bart, and he like walked from Bart to my house, and he's like, dude. I don't want to buy anything, but who drew these signs? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, man. I'm doing, a, I'm doing a camp out for adults, and I need someone to help me with signage. Who did these signs? I'm like, well, let's talk. And, That's awesome, man. Yeah, everything congealed, like, really that week, and it really changed my trajectory as an artist. I went from making art for the art community and the entertainment community through DeviantArt and clothing. I was doing a, a ton of apparel at that time. Um, I went from that to pivoting and doing art with entrepreneurs. Yeah. Realizing that, you know, the art world, the art for art's sake world is super saturated. Like there's amazing artists. There's artists that are way better than me that have time to do a lot more art than me that are, you know, I'm, I may be just as passionate, but they're just, they may be more talented or more practiced. Well, it's just such a scene too, you know, like the fine art world has always struck me as a very political, very like, insidery scene yeah and i'm not i'm not, not very attractive I'm not trying to be a rock star you know i don't <laughs> I'd, I'd rather do the artwork than try to be the rock star in it and so but meeting these entrepreneurs and meeting these engineers that were really hard working and really focused and really driven and really intelligent and really mission driven i realized very immediately that i wasn't the most creative person in the conversation like these people were launching spaceships and building building satellites to put in space that then they had to talk to flying around the earth every 90 minutes at 17,000 kilometers an hour you know it's like these are problems to be solved by creative people and well, isn't that cool though is that like creativity takes so many different forms totally you know what i mean you, you yeah. can be a, you can be an artist you can be an artist and be like an engineer you know yep. in fact a lot of artists are engineers Yes. And to me and to you, like we don't we don't see the difference. We don't categorize. We're just like, cool. And you do that. Cool. And you're a problem solver here. Great. And you're making solutions there. And as soon as I realized that art wasn't as important as I was thinking it was and that people throughout the hardworking world are very creative. And I was like, all right, I need to bring what I do to a different conversation and be be up as high as the other people in the conversation so I can have good conversation and not feel like a peon. And I can, you know, I think to be, to be successful, you need to be creative. Yeah. Totally. I think that like, like a, a prerequisite of real success and most of the really successful people I know is some element of creativity. Yeah, I hope so. Or they hire a creative team. Absolutely. Well, um, I mean, even, even like a, you know, even a, like a, 
stockbroker or whatever. It's like you have to have, you have to be doing something different, right? Mm -hmm. Or else you're just doing the same thing as everybody else, and that's not valuable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of mom and pop shops that are just filling the mold of what the other business molds have been. But I, I wouldn't call that successful necessarily. I, mean, order, like, I think in order to innovate and in order to push your business forward, you have to be creative. Innovation only yeah. with, with creativity. But you know, you can you can be a widget maker that has been a widget maker for five hundred years. You know, in the family of widgets, and like, you don't have to be that creative in order to to sell vacuums and you can be a fucking dope successful vacuum seller right but to make a new vacuum totally to come up with like you know like the fucking dyson sphere or whatever you know like those crazy dyson vacuums <laughs> like they had some you know industrial designer who was pretty creative you know he's he's doing his things passionate about vacuums man <laughs> yeah and he he thought about having his own house and he was like i need to get behind that thing that i just can't get behind with my stupid vacuum that weighs a 400 pounds <laughs> it's like how about i put it on a ball and make it spin yeah that'll work there you go exactly he's probably very successful just saying yeah. I hope so. Either that or he was just really high and he had one good idea. <laughs> I mean, you can be, be both. You can be both. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Yep. So that's how you ended up at Planet Labs, basically, is through Camp Grounded, through those those communities of, of yeah. uh, VCs. and Just asking the right question. I ended up at this camp out. They said, come to the camp out. Do come. You don't have to do art. Just come and ask creative questions and, and just be the artist voice advocate for the arts with all these startup people, all these high thinkers, blah, blah, blahs. And I was very excited to be there, but I really had to look up like, what is venture capitalism before I went there? I had to look up <laughs> what is, what does startup really mean? Like what is an investor? And I, I did all this research the week before and figured out who I was going to go sit down with. Ended up in the Santa Cruz mountains at a beautiful boy scout camp that I had actually been there before at uh, Fire Drums, so I knew exactly uh, yeah. where I was. That's where they had it, huh? Yeah. I, I, I know that spot. Beautiful venue up there on the mountain. And so randomly, second day we're there, it's like unconference style. And I see on the board, the future of aerospace with small satellites at you know 10 o'clock in the morning on, on the pond. And I love a good pond. I grew up in the country. right? the pond beyond my house. So like, cool, I'll go sit by the pond and listen to spaceship talk. I love some sci-fi. So it was all they were all doing talks. It was yeah, like a bunch like of different lightning talks, talks lightning, lightning rounds. Yeah. And yeah. I gave I did did a talk on uh portrait painting and painting characters. So I had all these weirdo, highly intelligent people drawing the stupid characters that I draw. You know, we were like making a poster or something. So we we're all kind of given our skills. And for an hour I sit and listen to this dude who's rabidly and romantically talking about the future of aerospace, just ebulliently spewing on, we're going to go to asteroids and we're going to go to the moon and we're going to go live in space and we're going to have space settlements. Oh my God, this is my kind of guy. We're going to do it for life's kind. We're not doing it for mankind. We're not doing it for the corporations or the companies or the nations we live in. We're not doing it for that, for just our family name. Like we're going to, do these for life so we can establish a place where life can be itself and where it can be free and where it can be alive and not feel threatened. He was just going off. And I was like, tell me more. And I'm in my sketchbook and I'm thinking like, 
wow, I wonder if a graffiti artist has ever been gotten up on a wall. <laughs> <laughs> this, is a, this is a prudent question, my friend. <laughs> like how how can I how can I work with this guy? I'm like, I draw. I draw everywhere. How can I work with this guy? And then I'm drawing. He has a plastic satellite on the table that's a scale model, like 10 by 10 by 30 centimeters with wings, right? It's totally blank. And I'm thinking to myself, I could easily draw on that thing. I could easily take out a Sharpie and, and draw some beautiful pieces on there. And so I don't know this dude from anybody. I never met him. I didn't even meet him before the class. So I roll up on him after these after the questions are done. I was like, Robbie, do you know the pinup girls that are painted on the World War II bombers? And he goes, <laughs> yeah, like deep, big shoulders, deep set eyes. And I go, Robbie, let's paint on your spaceships. And he goes, <laughs> you're going to see his gears turning. He goes, yeah, yeah. But instead of pinup girls, let's do something humanitarian. And I, I just felt the hook sink like I was fishing. Oh, that's great. I was like, yes. I was like, you're talking my speed. Let's do this. Let's do this. That's so cool, man. And he's like, all right. And we sh he like shook my hand. And I was like, great. Yeah. All right. We're painting on a spaceship. Great. I don't know what I just asked for. And then he goes, but, but, and I'm thinking, but it's not going to match the couch or, but I, I shouldn't have just asked you that. Or my CEO is going to think that's stupid or blah, 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 whatever. But. But I get when you ask someone to do something, he goes, I've been wanting to do a fellowship or some sort of creative program, but I have no idea how. He's like, can you, can you start that for me? He's like, Robbie, I got you covered, dude. I'll be your first artist. We'll figure this out together. And we oh, shook hands so like, at, at the Perfect. side of the lake. The sun is beaming in through the redwoods. It smells like heaven. I mean, it was epic. And, you know, it, it was like two, two startup white guys asking each other for favors, you know? So it really isn't that outworldly to ask another dude for a favor and for them to say yes. But, you know, people want to work with, what's people that? just want to work with, people just want to work with cool people. Totally. You know yeah. what I mean? Every, every, every project I've ever gotten, every uh, opportunity I've ever gotten or been a part of has been like, has its roots in a good conversation with a cool person. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And it's usually you being humble enough to hold your ground and also confident enough to talk about what you can do good. And Absolutely. so he'd never seen my work. He didn't really know my name. He didn't know me from any any other stranger that asked him to paint on a spaceship. And at the oh, time- Oh, thank God you were a good good, good artist, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank, God I, thank God I could figure it out. But in can, can you imagine if you're a ter terrible artist? <laughs> He said yes, not knowing, which was totally wild. I had yeah. there and I was taking good notes and, you know, I just approached him and asked for permission. And he was like, yeah, let's do this. And he goes, show up. It was in the summertime. It's, you know, into summer. He goes, show up on September 1st, right after Burning Man. We'll all be coming and dusting ourselves off from Burning Man and show up with your stuff and let's do this. Just, just bring, perfect time. bring your A game. So I show up in, at the San Francisco office with a giant canvas. The canvas is right over here, a big four by six foot canvas and blank and my big easel. And I was like, all right, if I don't know what the hell's going on, I've known nothing about aerospace. If I don't know what's going on, at least I'm going to baffle them with 
boldness of painting something. I have no idea what I'm going to paint. But I'm going to I'm going to do something. That's what you do, man. You just, just paint. Just paint. Yeah. I'm going to do something that's going to be inspired. That's going to expect them. And so two days later, we're in conversation and I got the team, the whole entire team in front of me. Well, well, once one step back. So the first and second day, he's like, just get to know people. You know, here's where you're going to stand. Just get to know people. So I'm taking notes. I'm listening to people doing some just sketch drawings. And I hear people going, who the hell is this artist guy? I hear them behind me, you know, not far from me working. Who's this artist guy? We don't need another artist or we don't need an artist. We need more engineers. You know, this is a startup company that's feeling the stress of, of business. That's exactly what an engineer would say. Like, fuck, really? These guys are, are four feet from me. I can hear them talking under their breath. We don't need an artist. So Robbie comes around. He goes, what's up, dude? You have art on spaceships yet? Like, no, I think you kind of put me in with the sharks. I'm not sure if I need to be here. It's like, bullshit, dude. Just bullshit. It's like, how about you do a colloquium tomorrow and you tell people what your plan is and you just tell them what you're going to do and you, then you do it. Like, no big deal. We're just going to do this. Like, all right, cool. You know, he amped me back up. So the next day, I gave a speech, the lunchtime speech, the weekly speech, and talked about my work and talked about how it would fit with their work and showed them the work that I had done in the past. And this is like pre art cars, pre, pre a lot of these big projects that are local. It was all entertainment. Well, we, worked on, we worked on the art car. The, our art car was before. No, no. Work with- the art cars were after this. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't realize that it was before. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was about to, to take put things on the time. Yeah. I was about ready to put, to take a job at the uh, Academy of art because I didn't really have a job. And so this was after DeviantArt, after I'd been laid off of DeviantArt. I did a year with the uh, clothing company as art director. It was fun. And then, uh, like I said, I showed up at this, did this, and I had no idea what we were going to do. And so I gave these guys a talk about my work, showed them some commercials that I had done with Microsoft and DeviantArt. They had seen them. People are oohing and on, blah, blah, blah. And then I go, all right, so we're about ready to make the first art show in space. And I'm saying this ad hoc. I have no idea that I'm even going to say this. And as I'm saying this, it's kind of like washing over me. I'm like, we're about ready to make the biggest art show that humans have made in space. What theme and subject matter are we going to do? As a team, what are we going to do? I'm like step into art director mode. What are we going to do together that represents humanity in the first art show that's ever been made in space? And it's like <laughs> silence, right? Like, great. I just asked that question. That was an amazing question that just came out of my mouth, and there's no answers. And what so, what do you say to that? What do you say to that? And so, one of the one of the gentlemen there, his name is Creon. He's one one of the smartest dudes I've ever spoken with. He's amazing. He goes, uh, "How about we do myths and folklore of the world?" Wow, that's an amazing answer. But that's a pretty deep answer. We're only going to put art on a few spaceships. We had no idea how many spaceships we're going to put put up in space. It's like let's. That's great, but let's hold that. And so I'm not getting any answers. And I go, all right, how about I draw animals really beautifully, right? I love drawing animals. I can draw them really graphically. There's animals all over the world. My grandma loves animals. Kids love animals. Everybody loves animals. Who doesn't love animals? Who doesn't love animals? Who doesn't resonate with that slow loris, right? <laughs> Everyone digs animals. So it's like, I'll draw animals real well. 
And what if we put animals looking back at Earth from space because everyone resonates with them? And then people are like, yeah, 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 I love animals, blah, 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 blah. And then I said, how about we do migratory animals because those animals are moving with a purpose. And it really resonates. Well, it's also a flock. It's like a flock of satellites. Totally. And they're it's called doves. a migratory animal in space. Totally. They're called doves and doves are migratory. And so yeah. we, I go, how about we do migratory animals because migratory animals are all around the earth and they move with intention, whether you're a whale or a butterfly or a jellyfish in a, in a lake that only moves a couple feet a day, like they all move with some sort of ingrained intention. And as we move off the earth into space, we need to move intentionally and, you know, hopefully be better stewards of the earth that we are, uh, you know, trying to take care of as we migrate off as a species. So people are like, yeah, great. That's awesome. And it's like, wow, I just asked that question and, and was able to spin up a really good answer. So over the next month, I made you know what, you know what, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say over the next month, I made the first beautiful painting, this black and white, very graphic, very bold painting of migratory animals. And I ended up laser etching, cutting that painting up and laser etching. And I tell the whole story in the, the TED talk I gave about uh, laser etching the first spaceships. And it was a fun, it was a hell of a challenge to figure this out. Like, how the hell do you get a painting onto the side of a spaceship? Without it burning, you can't use paint because yeah, I mean, there's a it's a very it's a very toxic, very uh, corrosive environment in space. Yeah, right? there's, there's only certain materials you can use. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's if corrosive, maybe corrosive is the word, but it definitely uh, the the radiation of space and the vacuum of space are not very conducive to most art materials. Right, right. So no, I was just gonna say that uh, I, I was I was reading this article the other day about how. Um, the advent of um, massive numbers of satellites, like looking at Earth, has allowed scientists to really track the migration patterns of animals. Yeah. And they visualized it with this really cool web app. And it looks like a, a circulation system, right, where you see these massive numbers of animals flowing around the planet. And uh, I don't know, it just it, it feels um, very fitting. You know, the, the, the migratory animal on satellites, which are allowing us to study the migration patterns of, of animals on the planet. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. And with these satellites, you can't see more than uh, three to five meter resolution. And what that means is that your car is just a couple of, of pixels. You know, you've sure. got a little green car, you know, it'd be like three pixels on a picture. Um, yeah, yeah. But they chose that resolution with these small satellites because they didn't want to encroach on people's privacy. Which, and I really I resonate with that. It's like I don't want to work for a space spy company. I don't want to work. Well, for you guys were uh, you guys were doing like mapping satellites, right? It was doing real time mapping. Not necessarily like, Google Maps, but like in real time. Doing, yeah, and they still are. They're still doing great. Um, Earth imagery. Uh, they the goal. And in the beginning, you know, when we only had two satellites was to take a picture from space, but then ended up as we were there, I was there for almost five years. So the goal was to take a whole picture of the earth every single day at three to five meter resolution. So you can look at that stack of images and see down through it and see what the large organic matter is changing through the, on the earth. 
well, it's almost like a four dimensional image, right? Because it's like, not only do you have three dimensional, three dimensions, you have a fourth dimension, which is, which is changes over time that happen on that entire canvas. Totally. And you look at these patterns and if you, you look just for a, a few days in an image and you're not going to understand like the, the why of it, but you look every single day and you watch, you know, say a swath of the, of the Sierra Nevadas, right? And all of it turns green in spring, except for like one swath of it. And you're like, why does that swath look, look poisoned? And then you watch the plumes of the factories in the Central Valley and watch the jet stream push their, their intense pollution over this one spot in the Sierras. You're like, oh, that pollution is killing those trees. It's, it's yeah. an obvious this equals this. But you'd never get that unless you had that fourth dimension, that temporal resolution. Well, what satellites are doing is it's allowing humans to have like a broad picture of the state of the planet. It's like you can put all kinds of sensors on a satellite, right? You can like look at CO2 concentrations and how that moves around the globe. Or you can, yeah, you can look at uh, changes over time or you can get really granular and, and look at very small things. Or you can look at like migratory patterns of animals. It's a... Uh, it's it's us having having many sensors in space is totally changing the way that we perceive the planet yeah 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 and you're a sensor guy like you get it uh it's the only problem with it is the only people willing to fund it are people that need to to capitalize on it and, and resell that data in some way shape or form you know so that capitalization well, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of government funding of satellites too i don't know how much um funding for the sciences there are in space but i know that nasa is doing a lot of partnerships now with with the private uh, yeah but nasa is not the biggest contributor to uh to the space to the space industry in general it's mostly people looking for natural resources or people in the entertainment or the surveillance fields and that makes sense for the military yeah and a lot of those most of those those industries aren't doing great for the earth. They're just using the earth to do great for themselves. Sure. Absolutely. That's an, it's unfortunate that a lot of the sensors in the world are, are being used uh, not for the best industries or not for the best results. A lot lot of the discoveries that are made are like kind of accidental discoveries with, uh, on the back of, of, uh, satellites that are deployed for that reason. You know what I mean? Like military satellites go back and they look at the pictures and they're like oh shit you know like it turns out that you know this is happening or that's happening yeah so yeah yeah what's up who's funding planet labs or like where where are they i mean planet labs was was really uh beautifully smart in the sense that they wrote a a very beautiful, like, this is who we'll work with because we want to do good work. We want to help humans and we want to help life on earth, use space to help life on earth. And so they have a beautiful value system. And that's why I wanted to work there because they have really good values. Um, That's cool. And every startup would have like a, like a written down code of conduct that they're there that guides their decision-making process. So we can value much better place if that was the case every company would be better if they had to even ask that question. They're like, who are we not going to fuck today? Yeah. So I, I really enjoyed that about planet, but you know, the people who are doing good 
on earth aren't always the ones that have the most money to do good on earth. So there's a lot of piggybacking on other programs that needs to happen in every industry in order to make the good happen. And I, I really believe in planets still. I really love that, that community there. And I'm so happy that I had that experience. And I, I feel like they're still doing good work. So thankfully. How long did you work there for? How long? About four and a half years, almost five years. That's a good amount of time, man. Yeah, it was a good amount of time. I had 15 artists come through the artists in residence program that I started. I was the first artist. And artists from around the world, artists, uh, very a very good, diverse group of artists we brought through. I brought in the employees to help choose the artists and educated the people who wanted to be part of the process, educated them on like why why different artists do different kind of art and why you would choose one artist over another and what's the who, history who of you, uh, that? what's that who, who did you get to to come through anybody i know i know george right george zadal yeah and you probably know jeremiah allen welch he's like a, a visionary psychedelic visionary artist in that cool. weird psychedelic scene um yeah yeah he he was there. We did three month residencies and three months was a perfect time. Uh, my friend Carmen did it. Uh, my friend Eriko from Japan, she was a, a resident. resident. Uh, and there's a, you know, we did 15. Uh, Mike Zuckerman, he was part of the residency at the end. He was a remote. Really? Yeah, we wow, were setting it up so he could do remote, uh, use the data and take photos and then correlate what was happening on the ground with what was happening in space. Interesting. You know, really fun, interesting stuff. Well, his whole thing is uh, is refugees. I didn't know was, was he actually like uh, creating art with? Was he creating art with the output of the satellites, or was he creating art for display on the satellites? No, um, I, that's a good question. And to step that back, one, um, a lot of the artists didn't do art on the spaceships uh, because not a lot of the artists were illustrators. You know. Okay. It's kind of funny working with artists. Most, I won't say most artists, but many artists aren't uh, that excited about drawing in the in a drawing capacity. Like you kind of have to be an illustrator or have to love drawing in order to want to make marks that will represent you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's 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 so many different types of art and types of artists. Yeah. Um, illustration is just one little like tiny sliver. Totally, and to. To be articulate drawing things, you know, there's not a ton of really beautiful articulate drawers out there. So many of the artists weren't, they weren't even interested in making art on spaceships. They wanted to just make their art in relation to the common conversation. And I learned yeah. a ton about artists by fielding thousands of applications to an artist in residence program. You know, I looked at thousands of portfolios. Or being like that. Being uh, managing an artist in residence program is almost like uh, being a conductor, right? Oh, or, or like directing the, the director of a, like a like a stage show or something, where you're you have to kind of choose everybody based on their superpower and how those superpowers fit into a grander vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Totally agreed. And it's not about in in our case, I wrote it so it wasn't necessarily about the artist being famous or the artist even being known for a certain body of work. I wanted hungry artists. I hate about the fine art world. <laughs> yeah. Like 
I wasn't, I had lots of artists that were famous in the Bay Area being like, I want to further my career by being part of your artist residence program. And I was like, I'm not that interested in that. I'm interested in people who are really hungry to be part of the common conversation of what Planet is doing. And so I wrote an application that had very few questions. I was like, if you want to apply, why would you benefit us? Why would we benefit you? What do you want to bring to the conversation for three months? And yeah. what do you want to get out of this? Sure. And like, yeah. anybody could apply for it. And I, I chose some artists that weren't the best technically, but they're really, really excited. And they, they made the most of it and they were rad. That's cool, man. I'm sure that you, uh, you really helped a lot of people out and gave a lot of people leg up. Hopefully. Yeah. 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 And my goal was just to connect as many creative minds together who didn't think that they were creative in the same ways, you know, being an artist shoulder to shoulder with an engineer or a, 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 business person that's on the marketing team or a salesperson or the lawyers of the company, putting an artist shoulder to shoulder with them made them realize that artists make mistakes too, but artists do it up front in a way that everyone can see the mistakes. And then they work themselves out of it to a successful finish. And when someone who's afraid to show their failures sees that, then they're really more more willing to be like, cool, come see my algorithm that I'm creating or come look at this hardware piece or come, come read over this contract that I'm doing. I feel like I'm failing, but help me, help me succeed. Well, don't you think like failure is a part of the creative process, right? And if you don't allow yourself to, to, to make mistakes, then you can't progress in whatever it is that you're doing. That's exactly what it is. Part of becoming a better fill in the blank. But Failure is not part of our part of the American lexicon of things that that we're okay with. Yeah, you know, we like winners here. We don't like losers. You know. Yeah, and, it's not just an American problem though. There's a lot of cultures where where uh, you know I work with a lot of um, Chinese manufacturers, and there's a real fear of uh, you know. Yeah, it's like showing weakness and or I don't even know what it is, but it's been a process to train my partners in China to like, look, if I ask for something that's stupid, don't just say you can do it. Tell me it's a dumb idea. Or like, you know, if you can't do something that I'm asking you to do, be like, hey, I, we just can't do that. We'll figure out a way around it. Yeah, but it has. To, yeah. Yeah. Failure is a part of it. Yeah. Failure is a, a big part of it to me. And so is practice. You know, if you're not going to show up and if you're not going to put in the work, then it's then you're not going to be part of the the residency program because you're not a good example of creativity. Yeah. And so we had a really beautiful series of artists come through. They made beautiful work. They really would connect with different parts of the company. And and I didn't know going into it. You know, I'd interview these people and read their portfolios. But I didn't know what they were going to bring to the common conversation. When I started, we had two spaceships in the sky. When I left, we had hundreds of spaceships. So we, I started as like it was a sexy hardware company that was like, let's make the, the better one of these widgets. Great, mm-hmm. we're a widget company. When I was halfway through it, we started getting pictures. When I left, we had gigabytes, whatever, 
tetrabytes, terabytes of data per day, you know, picture. Yeah. So it's like the, the field changed so much and the artists needed to change along with it. And yeah. so what was cool about the residency, and I'm actually writing a, a grant proposal right now for the same conversation and thinking about like, what's the best time frame to have artists in? And we worked, we worked like as a company, when, when does it make sense to, to bring an artist in? No, no, more along the lines. I think at any point it'd be good for a company to have an artist in residence program. I mean, I think you, you I would, agree with you. you with 10 people <laughs> could, could benefit from an artist in residence. I have a sole proprietorship corporation. I could benefit from having a different set of eyes in here, you know, making sure. artwork um, yeah, yeah. in the common conversation with good communication. But I found that three months is perfect. For the first month, you get this artist that may be a great artist. He or she may be very into the theme of space or earth imagery or satellites or whatever it is that they, that they align themselves with. But it's going to take them a month to get up to speed with making art alongside the situation that's already in full force, right? Mm. You know, to understand what's happening at 10 hours a week was the minimum uh, necessity of time. So to like get, immerse themselves in the environment. Yeah. To get emerged, to understand the people, to the human environment, the physical environment, the, the mental environment, just like what's going on in a space. Totally. It's going to take yeah. some time to get up to speed to like meet, ask the right questions and meet the right people and to go to lunch with the right folks and like drop in. So the first month was discovery phase. Second month was, okay, it's kind of the show and prove phase where the artists were like, cool, I get why I'm here. I'm excited to be here. I've met the right people that I'm resonating with. As the director, I'm with them every day going like, who can I introduce you to? What kind of work do you want to do? Here's what I suggest. But I was never telling them what to do and they didn't work for the company. So I couldn't be like, and draw me a shirt graphic while you're at it. You know, they weren't there to do that. Right, right. So the second month, they'd figure out what they were doing in their own voice, with their own materials, with their own language. And then the third month, they would be congealing the work that they were doing into a present, presentable form so they could have a presentation and exhibit at the end, depending on the work. You know, some artists did 10 beautiful big paintings. Some artists did uh, 500 small pieces. Some yeah. artists did a, the range of everything. Some artists did like two or three really big pieces that were big and deep and time consuming. And so every artist was doing different stuff. Um, every, every artist that we had did great work. Some of them were a little bit prima donna about it and didn't produce as much as we thought they were going to do. Hey, well, that's the nature of artists, man. The, the artists maybe, yeah. are, I think anybody who identifies, self-identifies as an artist has, um, you know, they have a sense of ego and they have a sense of self. And that's like, I mean, we both work with artists, man. Like, yeah. I, yeah, <laughs> we know how artists can be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you kind of have to, you have to be confident in your work because you're making things from the ether. Yeah. yeah. You know, you gotta, you gotta have a bit of an ego, but. Did you, did you have any, uh, like multimedia artists or, or artists that did things with the, the, the digital output of those satellites? Some, not very many. And when we were going, when we were going into it, 
Um, there wasn't a huge interface between the hardware and the artists. Everything yeah. that we were doing was a very isolated, very secure IP space. And right. we were with international, um, what's the what's the rules there? ITAR. So everything was under ITAR compliance where we couldn't share any technology. We couldn't share a picture of the spaceships. We couldn't really share anything other than the imagery we were taking mm. and at a certain resolution. And, you know, so See, was- I, I think there's a lot of potential in making art from that imagery. Like in my mind, if like, oh. if I was to come in and do a, a, an artist's residency with them, I'd be like, all right, give me all the, all the data or like fuck with that data and like do something crazy with the data. Yeah. And as we became more of a, a mature company, the artists became more interested in working with the data itself and the imagery itself. Like I said, when I started with the company, the company had low, less than one dozen great photos from space out of two satellites. Yeah. You know, right. so I wasn't interested at all, really. And I mean, I was interested in looking at it and kind of parsing out, cool, what are the key features and what's beautiful about this and where is it? And, you know, the who, where, what, when, why of it. But it wasn't a thing to really do art with in my in in my style. But then towards well, the say, end, that's my own personal interest, you know, it's like my yeah. mind immediately goes to the digital. I'm like, ah, oh, let's see the let's see the, the digital photos. <laughs> um, but some of the artists towards the end were really interested in the the more digital side of parsing out data for data's sake, and mm-hmm. that was cool too. And like I said, if if you, Rob Pope, would have written a proposal like, I see myself as a data artist using this data for X, Y, and Z, and it will benefit the company. It'll inspire them because of these reasons, and it will inspire your work because of these reasons. I would have been like, cool, right place, right time. Let's do this. Let's see what you got. Yeah, yeah. And That's if, you cool. were, if you were a poet, I would be like, cool. If you if if we hadn't had a poet yet, and you would have applied with a good portfolio of, of quality work and said my poetry is inspired by this and this, and it's going to benefit you for these reasons. I would have been like, cool, let's do poetry. Rad. Man, dude, you're, you're making, you're inspiring me to, uh, to do an artist residency program here. Like, I yeah. think you're right. Any, any, any company, every company should have some kind of artist residency program or some kind of uh, tie-in with the arts. Art for art's sake. Not necessarily, you know, it's like we're always looking like, Oh, you know, maybe we could find a, a visual artist or like a, another light artist. It's like, well, maybe having another light artist in the room is not what we need. Maybe it's like, maybe we need a poet, you know? Yes. <laughs> maybe we need somebody who's like completely unrelated to shake yeah. it up. And like, yeah, it's a really interesting concept. Man. I like that. And to, for the program itself, it was really about who, who's going to come in and inspire creative permission with the most amount of people. Yeah. You know, so we had very, we had some strict parameters because we couldn't have welders or we couldn't have oil painters because they're doing art in the common space. So I couldn't have toxic materials. I couldn't have sure. people that were lighting shit on fire. And makes perfect sense. In, in the mothership wherever he's eating lunch every day. Um, yeah. So, it, you know, I had parameters. So most of the artists were visual artists that spoke in some sort of creative material that that could work within that space that's just what worked there places like recology where you have the the recology artists and residents in san francisco the works of the dump 
you know, that goes out and digs through the garbage and they can build giant sculptures out of dumped landfill material. That's like a different, that's a different beast. For that, that artist residency, actually, I saw like a, like a post for that. I was like, man, what a cool environment to be like, all right, go forth and make art. Totally. If, if it was closer, I would do it. I would, I would want to run that program. It would be so rad. But yeah. it's so far away, it's so hard to get out there that I'm like, I'm not going to do that program. But I know it took me 15 minutes to get home to the city today. 15 yeah. minutes. Nice. It took me 15 minutes to get back from the city. I was just like, man, that's not that bad. <laughs> no. no, not that bad at all. I haven't been to this city since, since it closed down. Um, yeah, what a trip. And I used to go to the city every day for work. Um, so yeah, it was an amazing experience to work in aerospace for five years. I never yeah. would have thought it would happen, but people ask me, they're like, did you think you were going to work in aerospace? Like, nah, but I did think that I was going to work with intelligent, motivated people. Like that's hey, man, my- that, that should be the only criteria, right? Especially like you are in a very unique position where like now that you've cracked that door, right? You, you can't like who, what couldn't, who couldn't you work for? Like paint on anything, draw on anything, create art or an artist residency program for anything. There's literally no company that you couldn't work for as long as they're open to the concepts that you're, that you're putting forward, right? That art is a valuable, a valuable commodity and it's a valuable property to introduce to any working environment. Yeah. And, and even the art the collateral aside, like what we're making, the artifacts aside, if we can provide creative permission to any company to think a little bit outside of the comfortable normal and make things that solve problems, if we can get in a space of I want to solve problems, I mean, I'm raising a five-year-old and I'm doing exactly the same thing that we're doing with the Arts and Residence Program. It's like, if you can inspire a human to ask bigger questions than they know how to ask, then you win. And what's cool about about art, artists as artists do that by nature. They're like, how can I remix this thing, this idea with my thing? How can I like stir it around and spin it and make a better ice cream cone? Like, cool, let's do it, right? Make make a better thing that we're doing. Make the conversation better. Make the, the indulgence better. Make the philosophy better. It's like, or just take it in a different direction. Cause we're not afraid to ask. And yeah. if I can do that, then an artist in residence program could be anywhere. Yes. That's so cool, man. Yeah. We should talk about that later. Just uh, how we might best implement that here at the labs, you know, I would love that. It, you know, it's, it's what the labs is all about. It's always been about like um, trying to encourage uh, the community of artists here in the Bay, especially for, for us, it's, it's very much geared towards multimedia artists, but I mean, fuck it. Could be anybody. Well, yeah, it's funny that you say that because even in the room that you're in, if you're in the room that I think you're in, kind of behind the kitchen upstairs, like yeah. that was the room that the artists in residence lived in when Sean and Chris were. Zavi, he's another guy that I would love to talk to on this. He's such a weirdo, but he's so Zavi, good. <laughs> Zavi, Hart, uh, Richard Hartnell, like a, a lot of people came through that space and lived in that space as artists in residence. I know, man. I know. So you you kind of have to. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I got to catch up with Sean in prison too, man. I haven't talked to them in a minute, especially not since all this started. Yeah. I'd like to say hi, make sure they're doing all right. 
Do you guys hang out, right? Because do you, do you guys hang out? Because uh, their little girl is what? She she's older than River. She's probably eight, eight or nine now. Um, we don't hang out as much as I would like to, but we're yeah. I mean, I really love those guys. They're great. Yeah, they're, great. they're just old enough to where they're really generous with their hand me downs. So we we link up on that. Like, oh, you have a good network of uh, of parents of kids of different ages, right? <laughs> yeah, you have to, dude. It's like such a weird thing to own a kid and to be like, I need, I need more shoes. Yeah. So many shoes of different sizes. Oh my god, that's yeah. funny, dude. It's a trip. So, so when you when you transitioned out of, uh, how did that happen? You transitioned out of Planet Labs and then you ended up at at Google and their quantum yeah. computing division. Yeah. I mean, let's, I was always kind of doing side jobs at planet. Um, had a kid, I was always kind of spinning up side projects like the art cars, like people always asking me to, Hey, can you paint on this thing? Can you do this weird project? Just like, you know, the art cars spun up and they're like, can you design these cars? Do you know anyone who can make them happen? Like, yeah, yeah. I think so. <laughs> I think I can do this. Let's do I'll this. I'll put together a team. Yeah. How about I ask my friend Rob? He works on lights. Like we can we can figure this out. And my whole career has been that. Has been like, can you do this thing for me? So you always got to say yes, man. Like you got to say yes. And you got to figure it out. Yes. If you say yes and you become a resource, people will always come back. Totally. Like, yeah, I know we can figure this out. I've created this resource with Draw Everywhere that's like people know that I can draw or figure out how to draw on things. And that has spun up some really weird and fun and unique projects. And so as I was working at Planet, I was doing side projects as well to kind of, you know, fill, get some more money for the fam. And I get this call about, I don't know, about six months before I left Planet. And it was like, hey, I got your number from Matt, this other guy that I'd worked with at Planet. And he's like, I heard that we need to hire you. I work, I run the artist, the, I run the quantum computing lab at Google and Santa Barbara. I heard we need to hire you. I was like, well, tell me more. And then <laughs> go on. Great, great. I have no idea what you're talking about. And he goes, we want you to do what you've done at planet with our, our very fledgling team. Let's do this. You know, we hear you do good work. Some so-and-so that you worked with, uh, is working with us now and he wants us to hire you. And I was like, cool. What is a quantum computer? And so he sends me this photo and another, another couple photos just on my phone. And I was like, great picture. That's a computer. Like, okay. And he's like, I took those photos and I'm, I'm a, I love photography and I took these photos because I want the machines to resonate with, with people for what they are. And I want to create an artist in residence or work with you to put art on them in some way, shape, or form. Let's make this creative. Like, yeah. Let's do this. Let's you put art on spaceships. And it's like, well, I've been kind of trying to get out of aerospace. Going aerospace made the art largest art spaceships show. Are, spaceships are like totally three years ago, man. It's yeah. all about quantum computers now. Put art on, put art on multiple rocket ships. Put art on radio domes. You know, put a fifteen artists in the artist residence program. Really, to me, it was like, what's next? Like, what can we put on art on next? And yeah. so this, this conversation landed on my lap. I was like, how about you come up and chat with me 
and I'll show you the spaceships. I'll show you the lab. I'll show you these giant murals that I've done in the laboratory. And we'll so talk. He was an artist himself. He's a photographer, a very, a very intelligent, high, crazy, highly intelligent dude, and a very good photographer and an avid yeah. outdoorsman. You know, he loves the outdoors. Grew up in Colorado. He and I, we get we get along very well because we have very similar like passions for life. Yeah. And in that, he's like, I see the value of this. Let's do this. And it took about. I don't know, half a year to figure out the contract. And about that time I was getting ready to leave planet. And then the planet had a big layoff and I was part of that big layoff. And right when we, I got asked to do a Ted talk about space art and then I got laid off. So then I had a couple months of severance to create a Ted talk, which was perfect, you know, and the layoff happened because of, the market and I have no hard feelings. I get it. I get the the business moves of a big layoff. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it what's next? I was asking what's next. And I call up Eric and I'm like, yo, it, the best thing just happened. I just got laid off. Let's do this. Let's put the pedal to the metal. He's like, all right, cool. So we figured out. And, you know, a month later, I'm working for Google. And so wow. what, what I, the, a beautiful thing because of that is I had to start my own corporation and an LLC because I had to have full insurance for my studio and I had full, had to have full insurance for this, for a, a very, a very big, uh, you know, the, the finances of these big uh, projects are much bigger now for me. And so I have so to basically, make- basically you're, you're subcontracted. Your company is subcontracted under Google. They're treating you like a subcontractor versus an employee. Yeah. Well, a contractor. It is a contractor. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a contractor and on paper, I'm the creative advisor to the quantum computing team. And, um, it's really like I'm on retainer for them. So mm-hmm. I get, I get on the call with them every week with my collaborator, Eric, and we talked through like, here's all the projects that I can think of that I want to do. What kind of projects do you want to do? And then we stir up, you know, a year and a half ago, we started doing this. We've created some amazing ideas. We're creating a laboratory in Santa Barbara right now. And just through spitballing and and working on smaller projects, like cool. And, And how amazing would it be to do this huge? How cool would it be to do this on that wall or like, to do this around these quantum computers and what started from a conversation of let's put art on quantum computers has turned into let's outfit a whole building with giant murals. Let's put art on every quantum computer. Let's, let's build out all these other subsystems and languages of art because, because we're inspiring each other and it will benefit the team. Like let's start yeah. an, let's start the artist in residence program and I'll be your first artist. But instead of three months, let's do it for two or three years. And then spin it from there. So you know what's interesting, then? Like we we just uh, we've started to talk to uh, this group in Las Vegas about a project where we're going to be working with a mural artist, and the mural is going on this huge industrial building where the front of the building is like angled slats, almost like a like a vent, right? And the mural's going on these slats, but on the back of the slats, we're applying LED. So we can project light onto the mural. Hmm. 
you know, down from the slat onto the slat beneath, but that's where the, that's the surface for the mural. So it's almost like it's a canvas that is a mural, but we can accent that mural in articulated ways with, uh, with addressable, addressable LED yeah. and, and uh, casting light down onto the surface of the mural. It's a really interesting canvas. And uh, I'm really stoked to see how, I mean, we've all seen those pictures where it's like somebody puts an RGB LED in front of a picture and rotates it, but rotates the color and it like makes different, excuse me, colors pop. I'm very excited to play around with that in a more, uh, in, in a higher resolution sense. So I can do that with different areas of the mural um, and control how that, that interplay works. Hmm. So is the piece going to be a specific color scheme or are you going to base the color scheme on how the the pixels will interact with it at night he's still designing the mural so i think that like the content but you know the content that we designed for the the led array will will very much depend on the what he paints yeah but it's yeah, cool it's, it's a really interesting canvas. that was a good learning equation that we did with the art cars it's like, okay, they're lit. So what happens when we put color on them in the daytime? And then what happens when you light through them? It's kind of the same. Yeah. And if I would have known that answer before I made the decisions, I would have chose some different colors. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Have you seen them recently? They, no. they, uh, they just replaced all the lighting internally. And um, it's, it's now it's much closer to the vision that we initially had in that it's uh it's the, the lighting is much smoother and, um, it's much, uh, it's much higher resolution, right? Mm -hmm. So, so we can really play light patterns across the inside of these things. And nice. people who are listening, who don't know what we're talking about, we built a series of, uh, art cars in the form of jungle animals back in, what was it? 2014, 15, something like that. And forest did, um, like the, the paint job on the outside of these fiberglass shells and we lit the inside of the, the art cars and the interplay of those two elements is what really gave the, the art cars their daytime, nighttime look. Yeah. 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 We, when I designed the cars kind of before we even were talking you drew about the shape of the cars, didn't you? Yeah. I drew them. I designed, designed the shapes all out and yeah, then, yeah. you know, talking with the, the people that were pulling the trigger on the price, they were like, well, what are these things going to look like? And I had to come up with all these ideas before we even had, before we knew, but I had no yeah. idea what the paint was going to do with the, the light underneath it. And so, you know, in the same sense that we're talking about these walls that you're going to project on, um, choosing the color that then you're going to change the, the envelope of color on is very intriguing to me. And to me, I would do the murals in, in grayscale and black and white. So then you could <laughs> totally, I mean, I'm serious. And then you could make them, you wouldn't fight with your local color. You would really be amplifying your color on the surfaces, but you could do a super graphic black and white. Yeah. Hero. yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting concept, man. It really is. I mean, we're just getting to know this guy. He's, he's a very cool guy. You know, it's like, I'm not going to try and influence his art. It's, it's, He's going to, he's going to create a vision. We're going to come in and we're going to, we're going to play with that, you know, and then create kind of a nighttime 
look that accents his his art, which is cool. I love those kind of collaborations. I really do. What kind of art does he do? It's hard to explain. It's kind of like futurist. It, it kind of is. Um, it's very uh, illustrative. You know, it's it's a it's geometric, but it's also very colorful. So you know, we'll we'll play with what he does. Right. I look forward yeah. to seeing it. Yeah, I'll send you links. So right now, you're are you? So you, how long have you been with Google now? For about a year and a half. Okay, so long enough to like get yourself settled and sink in and kind of figure out what what you're what you're doing. Yeah, and what's been cool about it is we've been building this laboratory in Santa Barbara. Since I joined, we've been building out this space, and it's been going slower, just like every construction project. You know, move slower than you want it to go, but it has allowed us to do a lot of build-up projects, getting there. And I, I illustrated the cover of a white paper that uh, was the quantum supremacy paper. So that got my artwork quantum all over the paper. Like, yeah, <laughs> Google quantum supremacy, and I got to be the illustrator that did that. So I've been doing these really heavy hitter illustrations, and now. We're jumping into the projects that we wrote a year and a half ago. So yeah. as as I just did these big murals. I've got 40 feet wide of murals here in my studio that two weeks ago, they were just around the whole walls. You know, I just took them down to varnish them because they finally, the, the paint was all cured. But we've been able to do all these really big drawing projects. And now, you know, this big piece that's right here, this is the armature for a quantum computer. This is how big they are. That was what you were showing me earlier. Yeah. And so this is a 36-inch cylinder that the quantum yeah. computer lives inside of. It's a dilution refrigerator that has to be sub-zero degrees in order yeah. for a quantum computer to, to run and be able to manipulate the electrons. So these guys came to me and they said, you know, Forrest, we want to hire you because your artwork speaks nature. Like, cool. Yeah. What do you mean? And, you know, I paint a ton of landscapes and I paint a lot of animals and I have a lot of beautiful respect for nature and so see some happy little trees in there get all and they said we we're speaking nature because we're manipulating electrons like we're speaking yeah. the language of nature and that state it's the laws of nature man it's like quantum computers uh yeah yeah it's some trippy and, shit <laughs> and in in that statement of like we are speaking nature you know, my graphic, my graphic quality, my graffiti quality uh, made me really think I can invent a whole language based on this. I can mm. do abstract graph futurism murals for the laboratory. And then every single quantum computer that we make will have landscape paintings on them that also resonate with this language. And so yeah. this is a 36 inch cylinder that's 45 inches tall this painting stretched out is 109 inches. So that's 11 feet. And 11 so what did, you, did you paint it? You, you did that as a flat canvas and then you wrapped it around that cylinder? Yeah, and this is just a sketch. You know, this okay. is just a sepia tone sketch that I did yesterday. I just painted the whole, or drew the whole drawing up a dig, you know, 10 foot piece just so yeah. I know what it looked like in the round. I have to mm -hmm. find a seam so then it goes flat, you know, it's a big, beautiful piece flat. Yeah. But then when it's wrapped, it has to match up in like the 
the tree over here needs to match up with the trees here. Oh my God, dude. Perfect. So when, when you make VJ clips, right? Follow me, follow me along here. When yeah. you're, when you're creating loops to VJ with, you have to make your loops so that the beginning and the end blend seamlessly together. And it's funny because that is exactly what that reminds me of right there. <laughs> yeah. So you could cut it in any place. Sure. And you have your edges of your painting. This is a painting we're a doing all you. Loop. What's that? A seamless loop. A seamless loop, right? A quantum loop. And <laughs> so uh, they, Eric came to me and he's like, well, what do you want? What can we paint on quantum computers? It's like, well, let's paint something that's going to once again resonate with people all around the world. How about we do landscape paintings that are UNESCO sites from around the world, United, United Nations ethnic and heritage sites, like cultural sites that are beautiful because of the culture significance or the geographic significance. And yep. so we're painting these with landscapes. So as you can see, even this part right here is the Yosemite Valley. Like you're looking up into Yosemite Valley. That's what that is. Yeah. It's and beautiful. on the back of it, on the back of it through, you know, a system of different views, then you see all the way up into Tuolumne Meadows. And on the other side, you see out into Wawona, the big, mm -hmm. big, beautiful sequoia trees. So one of those sequoia trees will be my cut. And then so okay. flat. One yeah, side yeah. over here will look like the sequoia trees of Wawona. And the other side will look like the sequoia trees of um, that are more up by the Tuolumne Meadows side. And then when you match them, you know, it's yeah. just one big grove of sequoias. Right. Yeah. Man, that's a great like segue or like split, like a, like a, a mechanism to split your painting or to make yeah. that seamless leap. I was going to ask you, it's like, because you have to have some mechanism. It's like, okay, what, how are you going to make that, that mix? Totally, totally. Oh my God, and you're beating with pictures. Beating <laughs> with fine art. Um, yeah. Because we're doing landscapes, we're going to do lots of different UNESCO sites. And some of them are ocean scenes. And some of them are the desert, Colorado Plateau UNESCO sites. We're starting with local ones. And then we're going to mm -hmm. spin out and do, do them from around the world. Because luckily, Google has all these beautiful thinkers, these engineers from all over the world. You know, these ladies yeah. and women that are highly intelligent from all over the world. And we don't just want to do things that are California centric. We want to do amazing paintings that represent these really beautiful cultural sites from around the world. And if I throw a picture of Baghdad up on a quantum computer, I don't want people to be like, why the fuck did you put Baghdad on a quantum computer? We're enemies with Baghdad. Like, no, actually, it's a <laughs> it's a beautiful place. It's a UNESCO site. Like, Man, I would hope that anybody who's actually looking at a quantum computer would be a little bit more sophisticated than that. But I mean, you never know, but <laughs> haters going to hate. Haters yeah. going to hate. Hey, hang tight. I'm going to grab a, another beer, but I'll be back in like two seconds. Okay. Yeah. I'll just talk to your audience. Uh, yeah, you know, we can like chop it out or whatever. <laughs> Have a beer. So here we are talking to Rob Pope. 10.30 at night, Tuesday, April 21st, chilling, COVID culture, doing things over Zoom. We'd probably normally be doing this in person, in the same room, laughing and chortling, talking shit. So that's what we do. Well, welcome. Nice to have you.
Got any questions? Oh, what's the draw with? Sepia. Sepia tone Conti crayon. Kind of a, some sort of Conti pencil that I found. That I'm happy that I found. That I, then I ran right through. I ran the whole thing through. Had to order some new ones today. What's that sound? Oh, that's a car alarm. What's that sound? That's Rob grunting. Got more beers. Wearing shorts. Hey. Uh, what's the thing? What's the graphic on your shirt? I'm not sure, man, but I found uh, I found this artist online who is pumping out all kinds of very unique kind of um, almost like neo-gothic, like neo-gothic kind of like uh, like cyberpunk uh, graphics. And it just I really liked it. Uh, yeah, I bought a bunch of shirts from him. It's like, man, I would totally rock that art. Do you ever do T-shirts? I've done, used to, right? I've done a lot of T-shirts. Yeah. I like to done some shirts with with this project too. There's been some fun underground apparel that's come that we've made. That's cool. Does Google yeah. give you a pretty wide, you know, wide? Do you get to just kind of like riff on, you know, set your own direction, point yourself in whichever? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't like um, doing art for nonsense sake. I don't like necessarily using materials unless it's really a, a valuable material to use. Um, and I found that making clothing, there's just so much waste in making shirts that I don't yeah. personally, I don't like to make a lot of clothing. Yeah. That's going to be a really high quality piece of clothing. Like right now we're producing a hoodie. That's just outrageous. It's so nice. And so I'm, I'm into that, but I don't want to just be a t-shirt artist because I just don't like the amount of stuff that gets thrown away with t-shirts. Can I get a hoodie? Maybe. <laughs> I want a hoodie. <laughs> a quantum hoodie. <laughs> With a, the quantum, uh, a, the quantum monster that I created, like the quantum, the qubit cr uh, critter. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It's gonna. It's such a paradigm shift, man. It's like who even knows what the fuck is gonna happen when quantum computing becomes a norm. It's like that could usher in the era of like true general AI and like replace us all. <laughs> Yeah. Or you better just be able to ask a good question. Yeah. yeah. It might promote good conversation. Yeah. So are you doing any street art anymore? Not as much as I would like to. My yeah. my personal artwork really happens in my sketchbooks. I draw all yeah. the time just in my own sketchbook. I like, I mean, I adore graffiti. I adore street art. But I don't really have a lot of time to be out on my own. Yeah. You know, I've got a kid now. I try to spend as much time with my family as possible. I'm in my studio a ton. Um, I don't have a lot of time to be roaming the streets at night, putting yeah. up art on other people's surfaces. Um, <laughs> yeah. I wish. I mean, I really, I miss, I miss the, the beautiful roving quality of street art. Even like not, even if I didn't get out and paint, if like hopping on my bicycle to go to go look at things to paint is almost mm -hmm. as fun as going and painting because you're out on this some random adventure with your buddies and that's yeah. so um i just don't i don't under i don't have that in my life anymore and i miss it there's a lot of there's a lot of really good street art that comes out of oakland i mean it's kind of a it's known for it yeah and right now we're in a really beautiful time where 
the, the government's not funding the buff anymore. So we're starting to see a lot of good graffiti artists come up again. You know, it's like yeah. second, second wave happening many years later. So yeah, there's some good stuff. I saw this, uh, I saw this post. It was, um, it was a shot of evidently Banksy's bathroom. He was like, <laughs> like street art. In, did you see that? And it was like, he had painted like rats all over his bathroom, like, like pulling down the toilet paper. Like <laughs> it was hilarious. I'm like, Oh my God, he's an artist. He can't stop. Can't stop. Can't <laughs> can't stop. stop <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I know. I mean, the, my own style of work has, has evolved. I, I still love some graffiti. I still write in my sketchbook all the time. I still practice my handwriting all the time. Yeah. And my handwriting is more impeccable now than it ever has been. I just find different places to put it now. You know, it's, it's a you challenge. Ever your, 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 your sketchbooks. You ever done no, that? That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah. I can, I almost like, um, like what do they call uh, like comic book style artwork? Uh, a graphic novel. You could do like graphic novel. It wouldn't be like a like a linear story, but it would still be like it would be like a novel of the evolution of your graphics, mm. and it would just be like yeah, your your sketchbooks published. Well, it's funny that you say that because when I was in high school, a dear friend of mine and I started writing a story that would that we wanted to make a comic out of it. And mm -hmm. we both weren't very good artists then, um, but it was a fun story. And, you know, we would write each other letters when we went off to college, you know, just like, what up, dude, I had this idea and here's this funny idea, blah, blah, blah. And we would go back and forth. And then I got in grad school and I had to take, um, after fine art undergrad, I had to take a sci-fi class and I had to take an anthropology class and I had to take a, a history of animation and fantasy story, writing and art. And so the challenge was to spin up a story that I had been working on so I could do work in tangent with what we were learning. And so I brought back this story. And this was in 2008 when I was in grad school. And from then, it sparked me to write this novel. And I'm still writing a manuscript for a novel. You know, it's 2020 and I'm still working on it. And, it, and in like every fifth grad novel. Well, I would love that. I don't want to illustrate it. I want to hire someone to illustrate it. I just want to do the, the chapter faces, you know, the and story, do the characters. Yeah. But I've got this whole amazing deep story now with all these characters and this whole world and writing the novel for it. So if I ever was to do a novel, it would be like a weird amalgamation of all of my practice and the story itself. Because I've got yeah. so many drawings. I've written so much about it now that... If I had a writer friend or if I had a graphic artist, graphic novel friend, I would be like, cool, let's do this. Yeah, yeah. You draw it, I'll write it. Do you have free time to do to do side projects, like personal projects while you're working, uh, doing Google, Google stuff or is it taking up most of your time? It's taking up most of my time, but I don't really see it as like a, a project side project. I do the same work that I do for Google that I would do for myself, really. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm spinning up this kind of work that I, that I would do on my own. So I don't really see it as a separation between church and state. It's that's really, cool, that's, that's a great way to look at it. Like I'm this sorry. is a side project for me, Yeah, but it's like, yeah. I would still want to be having conversations with cool artists regardless. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, recently I got called to do some artwork for these nuclear fission state uh, power plants. These like miniature power plants. 
Mm-hmm. And they were like, can you do art on our power plant? Sure, I'll design that for you. Okay, why not? So we designed it, and all of a sudden, it's all over the news, and I'm seeing my work all over everything. It's like, all right, I did art on a power plant. Like, what's next? And it's the same, the same drive to do art on quantum computers, on, on, on the street, in my sketchbook. Just this last month, I was doing designing artwork for The Matrix 4. And like, I'm out, out of the studios. Wait, doing are they coming out with another Matrix? Yeah. Oh, my God. You know, so I'm working <laughs> in the studio with The Matrix, working with the actors and making artwork for the movie. And I was like, this is just another thing that I would be interested in doing if I wasn't getting paid for it. That's bonkers. Gonna so not, cool. try not to say, I'm trying not to say yes to projects I don't want to do now. I just want to work with intelligent people that are motivated to do stuff that's bigger than me. Yeah. Well, you know, dude, I've always said that like the people that you work with should be people that you want to hang out with anyway. Yeah. But your clients, the, the people that you work side by side with, um, they should be people who you think are cool, cool people. Yeah. And they should be the people that inspire you. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't want to work with boring people. I want to work with folks that I, I want to show up to the job and be like, wow, tell me more about that idea. Help yeah. me, help me illuminate what you're so passionate about. Like, that's what I yeah. want. Yeah. I mean, you're um, on the same yeah. vibe. You're an illuminator. Yeah. It's been a crazy ride, man. We've known each other for a long time. Yeah. It's kind of cool to to see how we both evolved from from back at the Vulcan. <laughs> but at the Vulcan, it was the same thing. I mean, you and I kind of met over the same conversation, fuck, 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. We're both like, cool, I have this desire to do this thing, and I don't quite know how to do it, but I'm starting to do it, and I'm going to yeah. do it, and I'm jumping into it, and you want to you witness this? And I remember you you were like, dude, I'm putting lights on bikes. It's like, what does that mean, Rob? You talk really fast. What does that even mean? <laughs> and you're like, no, come see my bike. And you showed me this bike and it was so beautiful. And it, like you explained it to me and I didn't get it. And then I, then I saw it and I was like, oh, that makes totally sense. You, you described it beautifully. It was perfect. I just didn't yeah. understand what putting lights on a bike was. And you're like, can Sometimes you, you got to see things, man. You got to see things. We're both visual learners, you know? Yeah. And then I drew this logo that I was like, is this the right feeling for the light bike? And you lit up my bikes in, in trade. You like lit up these wonderful bikes that I had. And like my biking experience was never the same. I loved, I loved <laughs> so much more because you put lights on my bike. And like that changed my trajectory of how I went out at night. Like I, I, right, didn't, right. I didn't want to go out with spray paint cans because I wanted to have light on my bike. And I didn't, when I was painting, I didn't want to be seen. And then all of a sudden I wanted to be seen on my bike. <laughs> Blow it up your spot. <laughs> Maybe you're the reason why I don't paint anymore. I don't know. <laughs> oh, but man. yeah, point being, I think that we will probably always be the type of people that chase, chase our desire down creatively. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm just stoked that we're still talking. We're still homies and like, yeah, we can still be uh, around each other for for this crazy journey hmm. yeah what a trip yeah what a trip so what's next for you man oh i'm trying to survive the next three months making sure that uh things keep going 
I'm probably going back to the British Virgin Islands in uh, in June. We've got to finish that project up. It's um, it's been three years we've been working on this thing, and it's uh, you know, there's all these obstacles in the path now with the virus, and then hurricane season, and the house got blown down, and now it's getting rebuilt. And it's a it's a saga. And then um, we're working on an Uber project, a uh, project for Uber for their new their new building. Um, I mean, it's just a number of a number of uh, personal projects, like personal art projects. Like I'm really um, I'm really inspired by caustics, you know, uh, the the way light plays through water. Mm. Um, and uh, I've been working on a piece that that basically uses a laser to shine through multiple uh, clear containers of water to project patterns on the floor. And yeah, just keep it on, keep it on, man. Personal projects, work projects, trying to make it happen. Love it. Yep. Let's call it. What do you think? Perfect. Sound good? Yeah. Thanks for asking good questions, man. I appreciate it. It's, yeah, oh, it's man. It's been a really good one. We've been yeah. chatting for a while. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good amount of time. It's like an hour and a half. Yeah. Well, thank you for being interested, man. I'm, I'm honored that you, you'd want to ask these interesting questions. Yeah. Well, I mean, it. let's hang out in person when this is over, right? Please. It's been too long. Yeah. Let's go on. A, we can even go on bike rides now. Yeah, we can, man. Social distancing bike rides. <laughs> hey, stay a little bit away from me. Yeah. yeah. All right, brother. Cool. Good to see Bye. you. Thank you very much. Yep. You too, Forrest. Yep. Bye-bye.